0: Bucky's fifth podcast, our first, technically speaking, off-season podcast since football season has now come and gone. The Rose Bowl is officially over, which means we need to get into some other stuff. Obviously, the big thing of topic of conversation since last time was the declaration for the NFL draft of both Jonathan Taylor and Quintez Cephas, and we've also got some recruiting stuff to get to, as well as some basketball. It feels like forever since we have talked about basketball, so we're going to get into that and, and finally kind of put this football season behind
1: us, so to speak. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, a lot of newsworthy Badger stuff going on outside of the football team recently, you know, after the Rose Bowl, which I think we both kind of saw coming in a lot of ways, but uh, it's definitely interesting to see kind of how it all unfolds and see how it will impact the team for next year.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's super exciting, you know, It's if at least for us as podcasters, you know, we, we always have something to talk about with the football game, and once that gets over with, you're kind of like, all right, what are we going to talk about, but we've got plenty to get to on, on today's episode, so it'll be a, a lot of fun, and and like you said, kind of stuff that we expected, but still stuff that's newsworthy, and then, uh, of course, some basketball talk that thankfully they have started to turn around, which makes it a lot easier to talk about, so you want to start with the uh, JT and Quintez Cephas news that just kind of dropped today? Uh, for those people that haven't already heard, Quintez Cephas declared, Jonathan Taylor declared a couple of days ago, um, and really not not super surprising. We both kind of, I think we probably both, if you had to guess one way or the other, were leaning that both of these guys would be departing for the NFL. But how do you how do you feel about uh, these two departing to the next
1: level? Oh, I, th- I think it's it's great for them. They're both. Tremendous people, uh, in having conversations with them, you know, and having the chance to talk with them in interviews or whatever. But they're very well-spoken class acts. I think they represented the university, um, as, especially this past year. I think Quintez, obviously off-field stuff from the past, uh, notwithstanding, this season he really he really demonstrated who he was and kind of the type of character he has. He the team really rallied around him. And Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he's the prototypical guy that you'd want representing your university year in and year out. So it'll sting for the team because they're two very talented individuals. But at the same time, it's it's important that these guys do this because it's for the best for their lives. But also it's for the best for the university, too, because in the end, these guys are representing the University of Wisconsin when they are playing on Sundays and are able to kind of talk up the program and, and show what the program can do developmentally for their careers.
0: Yeah, it's super exciting. And obviously Jonathan Taylor was one that coming into the season, I think, you know, even, you know, last spring ball, we knew that this was going to be the final season of Jonathan Taylor. He never said it officially, but any Badger fan with, with a little bit of knowledge probably could have put that one together that he was going to be gone uh, the Quintus Cephas one is obviously a little bit more surprising but still i think the right decision for him just given given where Quintus Cephas was at this time last season his football future completely in question he was just hoping to get back you know and get his name in the right light let alone get back to the football field to go from you know that hardship that he endured early in this season and the battles that he went through with not only you know the the legal stuff but with the school, getting eligible, getting onto the field, becoming the number one receiver for Wisconsin, and then turning it into a possible NFL career. And, and I would think, uh, you know, the way we've seen him, he, he's a pretty pretty talented receiver that's going to be playing a lot on Sundays, is pretty remarkable just to see the, the serious turnaround that that's kind of happened over this last really year or so.
1: Yeah, no, and I think, and I mean, he, he is, he was, I think, outside of JT, the most impactful player on the entire team, just what he brought and how he could balance what Jonathan Taylor could do um, out wide. You know, he had over 900 yards this season, almost 60 receptions, the seven touchdowns. He had some highlight plays. I, I think, in the end, he needed to do what was best for him. And in this case, it's it's go make your money when, when you know it's there. The last thing you want to do is end up having an injury or something else that derails your career. Um, I, th- I think he, like you said, just the way he went about everything um, and kind of rebounding and regaining his life and appreciating every moment was huge. And I, I think I can't say anymore that like hey whatever isn't the best of him that's his decision so and I think in this way it is uh, for him where do you think he might get drafted at?
0: That's what I was kind of trying to figure out because obviously when you look at you know just de- declared today so the rankings wise there's not going to be a lot for him out there but I was kind of digging around and trying to see where some respectable NFL guys have him and I wasn't able to find much. I found one on 247 that has him as the 24th rated wide receiver. And I'll be honest, I know this is a deep receiver class, but I don't think I can name 23 receivers better than Quintez Cifas. What about you?
1: Yeah, no way. No way. But I, I know uh, in some of the people that, that do the mocks and kind of are big into scouting that at least... I follow on the internet. They, they hadn't put his name on there a lot of times just simply because they didn't think he was going to be a guy who might leave. That was also before these last few games where he's really come on, I think, and showed what he can do. I mean, if you look at the last, his last three games or literally four games against Purdue, Minnesota, Ohio state and Oregon, you know, pretty good teams. He's showed out and really had his best games of the season, Uh, So I think I think he really did it on a national stage and showed I could see him anywhere between like the second and fifth round. I think seconds pretty early, given the off the field stuff, just because teams are still going to be leery either way. But I could still see him anywhere between that second to fifth round range. But I do think he will be drafted. I mean, hell, I think he'd probably be the second best receiver on the Packers roster. Let alone if he just went there.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously, can he can he get up to Green Bay this uh this this week and just uh you know suit up for that Seattle game? Because you're probably right. Uh, just as I think I think for him, I think the second round of fifth round is probably the the right range. This is a deep obviously a deep receiving class when you've got you know T Higgins from from Clemson, you've got C D Lamb from Oklahoma, you've got Jerry Judy, who's probably the top receded. Rec- top-rated receiver in the class, but I think whatever team gets a guy like Quintez Cephas is getting, obviously, a guy that is battle-tested off the field that, that translates to his character on the field, but also, athletic-wise, Quintez Cephas is, is a really solid player, and this isn't a knock on Jack Cohen by any means, but he's going to really blossom when he's got NFL-type guys that are getting, him, getting the ball to him at a, not so much more consistent rate, but hitting him with better balls, you know, more often is, is the right way to say it without knocking on Jack too much. But
1: yeah, no, I think he's a tremendous talent. And I, I mean, I think he'll test really well at the combine. Yeah. I could see him running like four or five, which at six, one and two ten is really good. And I think he'll jump up the gym with his basketball abilities. So I think he'll do really well. It's just going to be the off the field stuff and who's willing to take a chance on him. Um, what What about JT? What's, what's your like lasting memory of him? You know,
0: I think JT obviously his career was tremendous. I, there's so many runs. I wanted to look back at at some of them and see if I had a, a favorite run or favorite memory of his. And I think there's just so many that you could make an argument for. I I think last year at Nebraska was was a really fun game uh, for of his to watch. But really, I think legacy-wise for JT, he had I think one of the best careers you could ever have at Wisconsin. Obviously, 2,000 yards each season. You you can't really make that up. You, there's nobody that's maybe gonna come in here and do that uh, for a long time. He's right up there, I think, with Ron Dane in terms of you know Mount Rushmore of of Wisconsin Badgers. I think Jonathan Taylor is firmly on there, uh, right next to Ron Dane, who we all speak of as as a god in Wisconsin, right?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I I, I think I have him right behind Dane when we did our round table I had him right behind it but you also look back in it and I mean he averaged over 150 yards per game in his career and and had over 6000 yards like you mentioned but the next closest guy who's put together anything close in a 3 year span is 500 yards behind him so I mean it's it's really telling of what he's put together. He's he's obviously have benefited from having a few extra games on the schedule than some of these guys and getting bowl games to count. Like, I mean, Ron Dane is running away with the record if you count bowl yeah. games. But, I mean, back-to-back Doak Walkers and putting together the career he has is is just phenomenal. And, you know, like I said, he is he is the quintessential guy that you want running a, or, you know, not running a program, but representing a program inside and out. I mean, he's just a, a tremendous human being. And I, I think he's going to be successful in whatever he does after football, as well as in the NFL.
0: Oh, yeah. He's, he's a guy that you look at it and you just you know how does how does so much talent and and respectability get to one person cuz you think you know every every guy on the on the team has you know maybe a flaw on him or, or something that that maybe disagrees with someone but Jonathan Taylor just seems like the quintessential perfect kid that you would want representing your university at the next level similar to with JJ Watt who was just uh, off the field on the field tremendous in both sides and I think Jonathan Taylor Really embodies that that student athlete you know type player that the Wisconsin seems to get a good amount of and hit on, but he's probably done it better than anyone for at least the past decade you know when I did our when I did the ranking the players of the decade Jonathan Taylor was my number one so it just kind of speaks to how tremendous his career really was
1: yeah and I mean he's one of the top five running backs of all time in in terms of NCAA history. I mean, he had 26 touchdowns this year to lead the nation when you count both uh, rushing and receiving, which is just phenomenal and was second in yards overall and third rushing. I mean, he he's a freak. He's super talented. And Wisconsin's going to have a hard time replacing both these guys. But like I said, it's a good problem to have because it shows the development of what two three-stars coming into madison can do uh when they when they get into the weight room they get into the nutrition program and they can really flourish
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i wish them both the best obviously uh they're they're exciting to watch i'm going to be really excited to watch them on sunday where did you think have you seen any mock drafts of where jonathan taylor would be going do you think he'll be uh, first round or, or early second round or have you seen anything about that
1: I, I'm I'm with you on that. Like what you just said with the first or second round, I think it's basically mid to mid uh, first round to second round. It, it all depends, like you said with the wide receiver class, where it's super deep. The running back class is dirty this year. I mean, there's so many talented guys. You got like Chuba Hubbard, you know, the the second in running for the for the Maxwell Award is going to be a guy who's going to be probably the fifth back taken. You know, like because you yeah. got Swift, I think most people are saying it's probably gonna be the number one, and then Jonathan Taylor second. So it's 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 really deep and it's really tough. I mean, in all honesty, Jonathan Taylor could have came stayed another year and probably been the number one back off the board next year, but then your risk and run uh, injury and everything. So it's it's gonna be tough do you still think you think first or second round for him though I yeah I mean I
0: just just as of watching him for the last three years I would just be hard to for me to pick a running back ahead of him I know I know I think I think the knock for Jonathan Taylor in the NFL is going to be his pass blocking and his ability out of the backfield I know he's worked on that a lot and he's he's done a lot to get better at that I think he was a lot better at it this season but he even in the NFL, I, he's probably not a three down back yet. And so I'm I'm interested to see how that side of his game will kind of translate to the NFL and and see if that either I mean, I don't think it'll obviously help because he's he's worked on it, but I don't know if it's a, it's good enough quite yet to to be prorated compared to some of these other running backs on the board. So that's that's where my concern would be uh in terms of his draft status. If if you're Picking at straws for Jonathan Taylor.
1: Yeah, because he doesn't always look supernatural when he's catching the ball out of the backfield or when he's in pass pass pro. So I, I I totally agree with you on that. The fumbles are another thing. It kind of I think he kinda of kicked that monster, but then, you know, it obviously has popped up in a couple times here recently, most notably the Rose Bowl. So it's 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 something that uh, teams will definitely look at.
0: Thankfully for the Badgers, however, obviously Jonathan Taylor won't be one that's going to be easy to replace. But the Badgers were able to land a four-star running back recruit this past weekend in Jalen Berger at the All-American game. Pretty exciting. Obviously, like I said, he's not going to step right into Jonathan Taylor's footsteps. Nobody is. But uh, another New Jersey running back coming to Wisconsin. Matt, were you surprised at all or did you kind of see this coming uh, in, in terms of Baylor or Berger's Burger's Uh, recruitment and commitment to Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely huge in in terms of the future of the program. To replace a guy like Jonathan Taylor is going to take multiple individuals. I think if anybody who's been really following through the tea leaves and following Wisconsin recruiting has seen that things kind of shifted a little bit in his recruitment, Early on, he was kind of a, an Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State type of guy, but then uh, they started getting some recruits and started to fill up. Wisconsin got him on that official visit uh, later on, on November 9th, when they were taking on, I think it was Iowa, and, you know, I think that really shifted his recruitment. Jonathan Taylor ran for 250 yards and, and was his host and showed him around, and, I think Jalen Berger, getting a guy of his caliber is absolutely monumental for the program. And he brings a lot to the table that I think is going to help them out. And, and it's always important to, to beat out some heavyweights and to beat out some other, other teams for, our, uh, for a guy who is very talented.
0: Oh yeah, I mean he. This isn't just some guy that only Wisconsin was going after, and he was the big. You know, the Badgers weren't just the big fish in a in a small pond. There was UCLA, Alabama, LSU, all Mich- you know, Michigan, Ohio State, everybody that was that was somebody in the in college football in terms of recruiting and status, uh, was in on Jalen Berger, and I think that that shows just what Wisconsin does well, obviously, in the offensive line and and the running back position and it shows that Wisconsin can go out and and compete with these blue blood type programs for, for positions that everybody is going after. You know, it's not like obviously Wisconsin dominates recruiting in terms of offensive linemen, uh, but everybody in college football is looking for the next stud running back. So it's, it's really important. It's a big get and I'm pretty excited to obviously see Jalen Berger develop and get to Wisconsin and, and see what he brings as as a possible you know next next stud running back for the Wisconsin Badgers. What do you see kind of on tape? Have you had a chance to watch any of his highlights, or did you catch the All American game at all this weekend?
1: Um, I didn't watch the All American game. I watched his announcement on just on like YouTube TV to catch it. But um for the, his actual highlights, yeah, I've watched his uh junior and senior highlights. I didn't really look too far into his sophomore highlights because that's pretty far back in his development. But I mean, he's he's a guy who's going to bring a little something different to the table. At, at six foot, six one, two hundred plus 200 plus pounds, he, he brings a physical presence, but he's also extremely quick and creative in how he's running. He He's more of an all-purpose guy in the mold of James White or Brian Calhoun where he can line up at wide receiver, line up in the slot and make some damage in the passing game as well. Um, I know his high school was really trying to push him towards wide receiver a little bit so that they could get the ball in his hands in space more often. And they had another good running back that's actually going to Rutgers um, go in the backfield, but he got hurt. So Berger was kind of called upon to do that a lot. But, I mean, he, he's got really good hands. He's got really good speed. He's big. I think he's just a tremendous get for the Badgers. And I think he's going to have an, every opportunity to, to come in and get some carries because they're going to need multiple people to replace Taylor in, in my eyes. And I think the way he can kind of Swiss Army knife that position as, both a, um, all, as just an all-purpose guy um, I think is going to be big for the program.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of what stood out to me. I was watching his highlight tape this afternoon, uh, and that's that was the big thing that 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 caught my eye right away. Because obviously we we talked about it a little bit already with Jonathan Taylor coming out of the backfield. That was that was an area that J.T. kind of struggled at in his college career. Got a lot better at it this season. But Jalen Berger on his highlight tape is is shown not only coming out of the backfield, but lining up like you said at receiver hauling interceptions where he's going to be able to a guy that can be on the field uh, in both running and passing downs with, which not only helps his development, but also helps the offense because a lot of the times these last few years, it was third and short and, and Jonathan Taylor came off the field that usually meant to the defense and, and kind of tipped the cap that, yeah, the Badgers were going to throw the ball. So if you can have a guy who can be in there three downs or be a threat out of the backfield, as you're running back, it's, it's pretty crucial. So that I think for me was the, the biggest thing that, that stood out in terms of his development and, and who he is as a player is that he's, like you said, a Swiss army knife who can, who can kind of do it all, which is huge uh, when you're getting a guy in and developing and molding him into your system.
1: Yeah. And you got a guy like Graham Mertz, who is going to be their quarterback of the future. They're likely to, to pass it maybe a little bit more. He's a guy who can kind of do that in He's in the mold of what the NFL is really looking for in the running back position. And I know that that was a big reason that he wanted to go to Wisconsin was the running back tradition is huge. But the other reason was I know Wisconsin told him that they were completely okay with him playing both slot receiver and running back, something that was really important in his recruitment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think it just – it speaks to how good of a player he was, and, and obviously speaks to how talented he can be and what he can bring to the table. So you've got to be excited about a guy like him. In terms of recruiting, that kind of wraps up everything on Jalen Berger, obviously, and like I said already, a huge get for the Badgers, and we'll kind of keep you know diving into this class as more off season gets going. But any other news and noteworthy stuff uh, in the football realm, or do you are you any, or you want to get into anything else, or do you want to head into basketball?
1: Uh, before we get into basketball, I think, I mean, I saw online and on a couple other podcasts there was some talk about just what um, Trey Weddig and Jack Nelson were doing down there. You know, they saw them lining up at right tackle and right guard in the game. Jack um, Jack Nelson was getting some high praise, talking about possibly even a fifth star being added because of what he was doing and and how he looks like he could develop. He's kind of in that six seven. 280 high 280s range where you look at he could add a lot of good weight so I think he's going to be a guy to kind of keep an eye on because he's enrolling early and then a Christian Bell going ahead and transferring he just recently graduated so um, good for him to get his degree and I know he's going to be going somewhere else trying to get a, a different opportunity for him I think he would have had a chance this year given the fact that they were losing so many outside linebackers with with uh, Zach Bond leaving and Tyler Johnson also leaving. But, you know, I I guess he's looking for a different fit and maybe going closer to home. I think he's from Alabama. So Wisconsin's got a lot of youth in that, in that pipeline. So hopefully they can kind of make their way through it.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for Christian Bell, obviously it's, anytime a kid maybe is looking for something else, or looking to get closer to home or or looking to get more comfortable in terms of where they're playing at, you root for him. So obviously a tremendous amount of respect for him. I know, like you said, it seemed like a position that he would have been a, a part of this off season and into next season. Uh, but at the same time, if you're not, if you're not super comfortable, and you want to pursue something else, then, then good luck to you. and And hopefully he does well. So I think, in, in terms of his career, I, like you said, I know he's from Alabama. Maybe he goes down there and, and looks for a sunbelt type school or something like that. But I, I always thought he was a tremendously talented kid and, and talented player. It's just a matter of, of just not finding really a right spot for him or, or, or fit that got him on the field as consistently, I think, as he wanted to.
1: Yeah, injuries didn't help him either. I know yeah. he's been kind of battling that the last few seasons. So uh, best of luck to him. And, you know, he always seemed like a really nice guy. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. Well, that wraps up our football talk. Obviously, a lot of exciting stuff with Jonathan Taylor and Quintus Seafin. And, of course, the Jalen Berger commitment to Wisconsin. So plenty to talk about football wise, which we didn't know what we'd really have given the uh, Rose Bowl. But uh, we're going to go ahead and kick it to a couple quick ad reads. And then we're going to get into the new look wisconsin basketball team who started to turn it around these last few weeks this last month really and we haven't talked a lot about basketball lately with the rose Bowl going on so we'll get into that in just a moment all right guys it's time to talk a little hoops it feels like forever since we've talked wisconsin basketball obviously a month ago this team was was struggling 500 three game losing streak uh, out in new york and then at nc state Really, you kind of wondered where this team was going to go from there. Were they going to be competitive in the Big Ten? Were they going to even compete for a NCAA tournament spot? It seems like they've they've figured some stuff out and, and starting to work back there. Actually, today, they received some votes in the AP poll. So, tremendous turnaround, really, these, this last month for the Badgers, Matt. What have you kind of seen from this team that, that has been so much different than those early games that were just plain brutal to watch at times?
1: Well, I think getting Micah Potter is huge. I know his plus minuses weren't great in the first couple games, but just his presence, his availability to take some of the load off of Nate Reavers and and allow Nate Reavers to get a, br- a breather every once in a while. He had been going almost 30, 30 minutes a game uh, there at that clip for the first, you know, first ten games or so, and so it's nice to be able to give him the, a breather. Micah Potter only played in 11 minutes against Ohio State because of the foul trouble, but man, oh man, I think just they found an identity, they found a way to go about coming together and winning games, which is going to be predicated on defense and and being okay with, hey, we we're going to be able to muck up some stuff here and and make plays. I think. Dimitri Trice is playing a little bit better. Obviously, he didn't play great against Ohio State, but he had been playing so well against, you know, you look at Tennessee and Milwaukee, and he was, he's was he been playing a lot better. So I think just their philosophy and what they're doing, it has changed. And, and I also think just the way that Tyler Wall's been playing has been huge as well.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of guys that obviously – you look at it and you, you realize, obviously, Micah Potter being back is is the main thing that's changed there in terms of the roster, and and I think that also kind of brought a weight off a lot of guys' shoulders because that was definitely a distraction with the free Micah Potter stuff and, and trying to get your friend eligible and, and stuff like that. That weighs on people outside of just Micah Potter. So to have him back on the team and in the rotation, I think is huge just to say, okay, we got our guy back. We got what we wanted. Now let's focus on just playing basketball. Uh, but but really, like you said, it's it's been the presence of Demetri Trice playing better, Tyler Wall contributing off the bench, and, and really just guys starting to – not necessarily gel, but but find their footing and and work into a system and and comfortability factor that will help them not only as they get into Big Ten play, but in the postseason where they're finally starting to seem to look more like a basketball team that's starting to play within one another and within that system.
1: Yeah, because I mean you got you got Brevin Pritzel and Tyler Wall coming off the bench and playing really well. i um, Pritzel had nine points. He's been kind of in hovering in that ten kind of ten point range as of late, which is, which is big. He's, he's their senior leader. He's the only senior on the roster. He he's when he's aggressive, both in rebounding and shooting and, and um, on defense, it really sparks the team. And I, I can't say enough about Tyler wall and what he's brought to the team just with his hustle. You know, he had seven rebounds, five of them on offense and, and just getting steals and just any loose ball has him, written all over it. He has just been playing great. I think that's a big reason. He out out uh, had more minutes I should say than Aleem Ford in this game which I think at times is going to be better when you're going up against a more physical opponent cuz Aleem Ford is more of your stretch four. So I think just the way that they're going about thing. I think Greg Gard is starting to understand a little bit better about the rotation and Wisconsin, the shooting stuff isn't getting any better really. (laughs) I mean, a little bit, but in this game, they only shot 37% from, for the game. and, And actually, um, Ohio State shot better, but Wisconsin had nine extra opportunities because of the offensive rebounds, because they were hitting the boards with guys like Nate Reavers and Tyler Wall. It made such a huge difference on the defensive end to make it so that they were dictating their tempo, their game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, I think it's pretty telling of of Greg Gard that this team is, like you mentioned, they haven't shot the ball that much better, uh, really not much better at all when you look at when you start looking into the numbers it doesn't look like that's been it's not an easy fix where it's just like oh shots have started to fall it's been more more developing and getting comfortable and you also got to give credit to greg Gard. i know greg Gard gets a lot of heat for for how they were early in the season for some recruiting stuff but He's definitely coached these guys up and, and got them better and got them more comfortable with one another where they've started to win basketball games and I, I know people like to knock on Greg Gard and, and what he's done but this this really turnaround has a lot to do with with coaching and you know getting guys in the gym and coaching them up in practice and and that translating to on the court.
1: Yeah, because, like, honestly, the defensive effort has been phenomenal from the Badgers. You look at Ohio State, they were almost scoring at, I think it was 77 points per game. That's that's pretty good in the Big Ten. That's a big old number that I think Wisconsin wishes they were were putting forth. And instead, they're holding the Badgers are holding opponents to right around 60 points per game, which is ex- almost a, right on the dot what Ohio State got. So if Wisconsin's able to kind of keep opponents down on defensively with their aggressiveness, with kind of the dogfight mentality that they're going with, they're going to be a tough out in the rest of conference play when when teams are really. Um, usually it's more of a chess match and more of a dogfight.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's even more so the defensive effort. I mean, like they're averaging like 50 points a game allowed over this winning streak. So it, that's probably the biggest thing that has that has turned this team around is that they're playing a quality defense, which you always kind of get from Wisconsin basketball teams, but they're they're playing fundamentally sound and together defense. It's so it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. I was thankfully able to catch a, a good amount of that uh, Ohio State game, which was pretty exciting, but The other thing I wanted to ask you about, obviously, with that Ohio State game, it wasn't like a top five team came to the Kohl Center and won, or you know, and and fell victim to the Kohl Center and that the history that has. The Badgers went on the road and won that game. How impressive was it for you? Because obviously Wisconsin always plays well at home. They're seven and zero at home this season. How impressive was it for you to see them go on the road and get a victory like that?
1: Oh, it was huge. I mean, especially the ways in which Ohio state jumped up to the big run right at the beginning of the game and jumped out to a big run at the beginning of the second quarter. And Wisconsin was able to quell that and kind of take the crowd out of the game. Values to the arena can get pretty raucous. And Wisconsin did a nice job of dictating the flow, dictating the game to the point that they wanted to. And I think I saw a stat that it was like, that it, the big 10 home teams were either like 16 and one or 18 and one on the year. And Wisconsin was just the second team to win a road game this this year in conference, which is which is telling for just how hard it is to win in the Big Ten. And for Wisconsin to do it against the top top five team is is huge for their confidence and kind of building a resume to possibly give them a chance for the tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a road win in general is is huge but you look at this team I've said they won at tennessee but the tennessee team has kind of their season's kind of gone off the rails uh lately And, and i know rick barnes is probably trying to get it figured out but this ohio state team is is tremendously talented and and they've gotten better over the course of the season it's not like they were starting to show some signs of weakness um they've they've really been a solid basketball team in a in a wacky college basketball season so far so it's a pretty big win it's not like it's not like you can discount this win over a top five team in in any way because ohio state i know a lot of teams have struggled being at the at the top of the rankings and and falling victim but they've been probably one of the more consistent teams in college basketball really all season long
1: yeah i mean they they came in and averaging or having eight I think it's eight guys with over seven and a half points on this, on the uh, per game basis. And Wisconsin went ahead and they only surrendered three guys to have that. I thought Caleb Wesson should have gotten fed a lot more if I was, if I was going to be an Ohio state fan, dude's a beast down there. And I thought Nate Reavers kind of did his best to hold his own in there. And in the end, Wisconsin did enough to, to dig down and try to make his life tough that he had to kick it out and get the win. And I, kudos to Greg Guard, kudos to the staff for, for uh, kind of trying to right the ship in a lot of ways and focusing on what they could do to find an identity as a team so that they can build on it for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, and when you think about, when you think about how strong this team, how big of a win that is, it, it's even more so when you look at the schedule that this team has coming up. Obviously, the Badgers, we talked about it before the season started that there was going to be this stretch run of some tough games, and, and really it kind of starts Wednesday evening against Illinois at home. And, you know Illinois isn't ranked, but they're, they've got some guys on that team that are pretty solid, and then you've got at Penn State, then you've got Maryland, and then you've got at Michigan State. So it doesn't get any easier. So to pick up a top five win for your resume is pretty huge uh, as they get into this next really tough stretch.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: What do you make of that? The I know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this Illinois team later on and, and kind of go over the game, but what do you make of of Illinois so far in the Big Ten? Because obviously a lot of teams have been really good in the Big Ten. Illinois kind of been that middle of the pack, but they've still got some, some quality guys on their team.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're they're star-loaded in terms of just having a couple guys that can really take over a game if if you let them do it. And I, I think that's going to be the big thing is Wisconsin needs to be able to go ahead and, and hold some of those guys down because AO can take over a game if you let them do it. In a, in a lot of ways, they just came off of a, a big win. Alan Griffin is, is playing really well as of late. Um, I think he's putting up, like, 18 points here the last couple games – um, you know, at 6'8", he's, he's a tough matchup. And their defense, Brad Underwood, they're big on pressure and and using their length and athleticism to make uh, things tough on the defensive end. So I'm interested to see how the Badgers do offensively against that pressure and against some of the top-flight athletes that Illinois has uh, on their roster.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be a – like I think you mentioned it and it kind of hit the nail on the head with that, is that it'll be a good – a good test for, for them that as they get into this Big Ten play of okay, you, you won a really big game against a, a top team in Ohio State, but how do you rebound and and go to their move on to the next game and perform? Because I think this Big Ten, this league as a whole, is kind of playing out how we you know, obviously early in the season, people worried about Wisconsin, but the Big Ten's been pretty strong and, and been a dogfight type conference. So how they rebound and, and move on to the next game and, and come out in this Illinois game, I think is going to be important to see just where this team continues to trend. If they if they fall back or if they keep kind of the gas uh, going and, and pedal to the metal to try and turn this thing around you know, a little bit more and and battle into that NCAA tournament.
1: Yeah, because Wisconsin has the talent to be there. It's a matter of could they get things going in a positive way. And I think if they keep it going, they'll be a tournament team now. But they, they, it's going to be tough because the Big Ten is so loaded this year.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's just obviously Michigan State's kind of leading the way, but there's there's a lot of talented teams in this in this league that it'll be fun to see how they play out as the, the season goes on. But obviously looking forward to that Illinois game, looking forward to to really just getting into Big Ten play. You know, Big Ten college basketball is a lot of fun. And, and anytime you're going against in these, you know, these arenas and taking on these teams, week in and week out is is pretty you know special and and I'm excited to watch it and I'm excited for what could be a, a Wisconsin basketball tournament team because a month ago I don't think you and I would have been having this conversation about you know riding the ship and and getting into an NCA berth.
1: Yeah, no, I mean they we we knew it was still a possibility but they real definitely needed to change some things they they were able to kind of get those wins over Milwaukee and Rider too that you expected but then for them to go out and beat Tennessee that they w- the way that they did and to go on the road and beat uh, Ohio State is is huge and it just kind of gives a jolt to the program and allows them to kind of possibly kind of ride that wave of momentum forward yeah
0: it'll be exciting to see and and obviously I've just, we talked about already these next four games will be will be important to look for but uh, really it's it's going to be fun and you you just hope that you have a chance and i think this team's done enough this last month to give themselves a chance as they get into because they got a plenty of tough games on their schedule that if they win it and, and win a couple of them and and be competitive you know they'll be playing in march so it's exciting time for sure that kind of wraps up all I've got for basketball. Is there Anything else you want to hit on uh, in terms of hoops or else we'll be back uh, later in the week to kind of recap some other stuff and recap the Illinois game.
1: No, that's good on my end. I'm just excited to go back to the Kohl Center and uh, see what they do against Illinois. Yeah, it'll be
0: fun to watch. All right, guys, well, that wraps up another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Obviously, continue to look for new episodes. We're kind of ironing out our – post football schedule but we're going to try and keep you know hitting you guys with episodes pretty consistently we don't want to just be you know you know one and done in the type of the schedule that we're doing um so we're going to try and keep churning out stuff hitting on stuff probably shorter episodes sort of like this one but uh we're going to try and keep bringing episodes to you as consistently as we can thank you guys for listening as always on wisconsin up yeah.